Welcome to this MOOC podcast by the All Wales Faculty for Dental Care Professionals from Bangor University. Hello and welcome to the Supervising Registrant in Practice training podcast from the All Wales Faculty for Dental Care Professionals. In this podcast, we're going to be discussing the facilitation of learning. So Debbie, what do you expect your student to know when they come to you? So that's a really important point for us to start to think about because we often have preconceived ideas about what we think people should already know. And we might make some assumptions. So you might assume that somebody should know how to greet a patient um, in an appropriate and professional manner. You might make some assumptions that everybody's got a certain amount of interpersonal skills, which they may or may not have. So you need to think about what it is that you think is important, and that's just your personal beliefs and and your personal values, and what it is that the programme expects the student to have done. So those two things are, are quite different. There will be some overlap sometimes, but sometimes there won't be. So it's also a good thing for you as the mentor to start to tease out, you know, what what do I think is important and what do I think people should be able to do at the very beginning? Because some people will be able to do those things and some people won't. So you have to be able to work with that. So the starting point is always around your roles and responsibilities. So it's always good to be really clear. And that's very important if you're working with a student who you've known in the practice in another capacity. So if you're starting to work with them in a different way, so this is now your mentor-student relationship, it's quite good to be able to start to lay down some ground rules about how that relationship is going to work. So what do you expect from me? What do I expect from you? How are we going to work together over this period of the next however many weeks while you're on this learning journey? So is it a good idea to have a, an initial discussion with your student? Always, yeah. You've got to have that discussion about those uh, roles and responsibilities to to iron out what you expect of your student. You know, whether you want them to question you when patients are in the room or whether you want them to question you when patients are outside the room, you need some ground rules and some general understanding as to how this relationship is going to work. You need to tell your student right from the beginning that they can expect some feedback from you, that that feedback might be both verbally as you're going along, but it might also be written feedback on the documentation at the end of the programme or as the programme um, unfolds. So, yeah, you need to be clear right from the beginning. Um, And also that you expect your student to bring some things, some learning outcomes, some learning needs to um, each week. And there might be different things that you're going to work on from week to week. So it's almost having an informal contract, really, to sort of say, this is what we're going to do, have some ground rules and and so that everybody knows where they're starting off. Absolutely. And it's really important that you do that at the beginning and you keep coming back to it. So it might be that, you know, sort of halfway through the programme, you revisit that and just say, you know, how are we doing with this? Is this, you know, are we doing what we thought we were going to do at the beginning? Are we actually achieving what you need from me? Am I giving you what you need from me in terms of being a mentor? Are you getting the sort of feedback that you need in order to get better and progress? Is there anything that I can do to help you more? Is there anything that I should do less? Yeah, so it's a two-way process, isn't it? You're going to be learning from your student as well in the whole mentoring process. Absolutely, yeah. What they want and need and facilitating that learning. And ultimately then that will make you a better teacher. 
I suppose then you need to start looking at the students' personal learning aims and objectives as well then, so what they want to achieve out of... That's right. And the students um, should always arrive at the practice with some learning objectives that they want to work on for themselves because they should have looked at their own learning styles, their own skills set. They might have done a SWOT analysis to work out what their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats Mm -hmm. are. So they should be able to tell you, well, actually, I'm quite good at this, this and this but I'd really like to work on this and this. So then you can actually work out a programme with your student that helps them to move along a continuum to get better at those things. But you need to think about making sure that that learning is um, aligned. So what we mean by that is that it makes sense. So you need to think about the um, the goals that the student has and whether those are realistic. Mm-hmm. Sometimes students have some weird and wonderful ideas about what they might want to do while they're with you in the practice. They may be appropriate, but sometimes they may not be appropriate. So you might need to have some negotiation about that. Yeah, within their training programme, they will have an individual learning plan which highlights areas that they want to go. So it's good to get hold of their documentation, find out what they're doing on their programme and to be able to sort of get that alignment, I think. Absolutely, because once you know what the goals are, then you can figure out your content. So what it is that you're going to do with the student, either on a a patient-by-patient basis, a daily basis, or a weekly basis, so that you're building on that. And hopefully each of the um, kind of building blocks of learning then help the student to achieve their overall goal. So you then need to think about how are you going to do that? What's your instructional design? In other words, which bits of a process does a student need to observe you doing? Which bits of the process does the student need some rehearsal at? Which bits of the process does the student need to get in there and practice for themselves? So thinking about our our three stages again. And then you need to think about the learner tasks. So what is it that you want your learner to do? And that might be about different domains of learning. And we'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along. You also need to think about what's your role. Are you going to be actively demonstrating? So having that direct supervision with the students beside you. Are you going to be indirectly supervising? So your student will be doing the task, but you're giving verbal um, reinforcement and some uh, positive feedback as the student goes along. So what's your role in it and what's the student's role in it um, throughout the whole of the process? And then you can start to think about how you're going to test or assess the student's learning. And that might be through asking them to do the task and it might be about your questioning. But there's more to setting objectives than saying, go do this. Absolutely. So it's important then that you have something that you can measure against. So your objectives should be um, specific and written in a way that means that they are specific. They need to be measurable so that the student and you know when they've achieved. They should be achievable, so they should be something that's um, appropriate and something that's um, aligned to that stage of learning for that student at that time. And they need to be realistic. So again, are these the sorts of things that we want dental nurses to be able to achieve? Do they fit in with the competencies that, that we're expecting of them? And we also need a time frame. So that we know by what at what point in that journey do we expect the student to be able to do those things. So that's that's our smart objectives. And those can be used in a number of different ways to help to tell the student how well they're progressing and also to help the student to keep on task and for you also to keep on task. Yeah, it helps with the motivation, doesn't it? And keeping everything to, to a nice tight time frame. Absolutely. And we also need to think about um, the the three domains of learning in terms of what is it that the student's trying to learn. And it's important that the SMART objectives relate to all three areas of of the domains of learning. So we've got cognition, cognitive learning. So that's about our understanding. So we might refer to that as the head. So what is it that the students need to know and understand? 
Then there's something around the um, effective psychomotor skills. So we might refer to that as the hands, the actual doing. And again, that feeds into what we discussed before about our kinesthetic learners, people who want to kind of get their hands on equipment and things. And then there's the affective domain. So that's about your feelings and emotions, the heart. So that's about your interpersonal skills and how you are with people. So we've got these three domains. We've got the heart, the head, the hands. So how are we going to use all of that information in our approach to learning then? So when you think about having somebody who comes into the practice, you might be doing a particular task. So let's say that somebody's coming in because they need to have a filling done. So there might be some equipment that needs to be prepared for the dentist beforehand. So you might need to think about what order that equipment's going to be used in. You might need to think about whether that needs any special preparation, whether it needs to be sterilised in advance or, or any of those things. So that might involve your psychomotor skills. Yeah. But in order to do that, you've got to have an understanding. So you've got to know the theory behind what's going to happen you've got to understand the process of what's going to happen and then on top of that you might have a patient who's quite nervous or um, is feeling quite anxious about having having a filling done so they might need a lot of your understanding and interpersonal skills so that might be your affective domain and you bring all of those things together every time that patient comes through the door yeah so you could quite easily relate that as you say to a filling and then you could think about the local anaesthetic so it's preparing that local anaesthetic syringe needle cartridge and then the actual looking at you know why we're doing it the psychomotor of of how we're actually doing it and then that looking after the patient that may have anxiety about that local anaesthetic so that's right. bringing that all together exactly and actually it's important to think about those three domains pretty much for everything that the patient's going to do mm-hmm. so you should always consider those three areas the cognition the head yeah the affective in terms of the emotions of yeah. it and the psychomotor in terms of what what do I need to do. Yeah, and it, it, I mean, the the sort of the emotional side can actually belong to the student as well. They may mm. be apprehensive about doing something in particular yes. and, and sort of facilitating that and, and realising that's there. And that's why it's important for you to have that discussion with your student about what their learning goals are and also what their learning style is and where they are in the in terms of their progression through a programme. Because again, there may be parts of the programme that are anxiety provoking for them mm-hmm. and there might be things, um, different parts of the programme that they feel quite confident and okay with. Yeah, you know, you can take that back to your own learning experience. There's some areas where you feel a little bit apprehensive or there's some areas where you just want to get stuck in and you can be want either of those in whatever part of the programme, can't you, at any different time. That's right. And so your job then as, as the mentor is to actually bring all of these things together. So as a mentor, it's important that we help our students with their approaches to learning and that we help facilitate rehearsal and practice to get their skills up to an appropriate level for them to be competent. That's right. And it's quite important that you um, encourage your student to think aloud. That's one of the techniques that you can use. Um, That might not be appropriate when the patient's actually with you in the room, but it might be important in terms of your rehearsal. So if you ask the student to think aloud through the process, that helps you to have confidence that they understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah, that's a good that's a good good tip really isn't it you can get the student to talk through something That's it. and so you you know that it's not it's it's good management and knowledge rather than good luck that they've hit the spot absolutely <laughs> and that concludes our discussion thank you for listening to this podcast and of course thank you to debbie stay tuned for the next podcast from the faculty on managing the failing student also keep up to date with us online at www.awfdcp.ac.uk and on twitter at AWFDCP.
Thank you for listening to this MOOC podcast by the faculty from Bangor University.